So we got big news on the WGT front, guys. Starting this Friday through Sunday, we are hosting the DNVR Masters. That's right. All country clubs can participate, and better yet, anyone can win. All you have to do to be eligible to win is join the DNVR 3 Country Club. If you're not already playing WGT, you can download it from dnvrgolf.com. WGT is, of course, the official gaming partner here at DNVR. And the course this week is Pinehurst, and we are doing another Close to the Pin Challenge. So you just have to complete the Close to the Pin Challenge on Pinehurst Golf Course. You'll automatically be entered into the tournament if you are joined up in a, to one of our country clubs. And then just post your scorecard on the pin tweet as a reply on the DNVR underscore sports Twitter account. Just reply to that pin tweet with your scorecard. You'll probably see a bunch of people doing it. Or you can email it to info at thednvr.com. And once you've entered a win, we will choose a random winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and mask. We will ship it to you free of cost. And we are hosting a new course every week leading up to Christmas. Winners are picked every Monday. You've got nothing to lose. So download WGT today if you haven't. Join the DNVR3 Country Club. Head to the Pinehurst Golf Course and enter into that closest to the pin challenge. And then send us your screenshot. Maybe you'll be the winner this week. 20 seconds remaining. Barton. Yo-yoing outside. Stallone's going to give him the go signal here. now. Nine to shoot. Barton out to Jokic. Jokic falling away. Good! Nikola Jokic! It's another miracle. Hello, Serbia! Jokic buries it. He's telling the official he thought he got slapped on the arm again. It's a two-pointer. Rattling home. Rattling home. There's a lot. There's a lot going it's on. It's not a. Uh, it's not a Nikola Jokic buzzer beater if he's not asking for the foul ball. <laughs> or, gonna... or if he's jumping off of two feet. Who does that? My favorite little detail is the Michael Porter. Like he has like a hilarious like reaction. To raise the roof? Yeah. It wasn't to raise the roof. I think he was saying it's good, but oh. just like in like utter disbelief or, or just like hilarious. Because that's how it was. So I remember that moment because I was on Slack with everybody and I was on delay for whatever yeah. whatever BS stream I had to watch the game from. And I just saw the chat, everybody Crash going L- LOL. And I was like, oh, I'll bet Jokic hits a game winner here coming up in the 30s. I love how that's the reaction after Jokic's game winners. It's just like hilarious. Um, so welcome in, everybody, to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. How's my volume? I got it. People in the comments have to help me out with this. Is it low? Did it go low again? Is it? It's strong. It's strong. it's strong. You'd say you say strong to quite strong. Strong. Uh, this program that we use here, uh, Streamyard, it does some weird things. It, in, in an effort to make it easier and simple, it sometimes messes with volume levels when it thinks you're too loud and makes you quiet. So, um, we it always sounds great to us, but you guys can help us out in the comments if it does dip down. Um, sorry to break the fourth wall there. Unbelievable. I'm, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, I got a full squad here today, guys. Whole squad's ready over here to my right. Oh, man. Bevo. Is he ready? Whole is he squad's ready. ready. <laughs> Whole I haven't squad's heard that. Ready. Ready. Oh, man. That so is a ready. nightmare that I don't miss. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I know. There's there's little things, but they're not for us. You know, that's that's the Eric always always says that sometimes they're doing yeah. that for other people, and these well, have to be like. There's well, also what? if you get to a game know, like three times a year, all the pageantry's really cool. But if that's you true, go, that's so true. If you go forty to fifty times a year, you're like, yes, I'm ready. Yeah, all oh, that's yeah, Rocky the, from the, the Raptors. People know what yeah. we're talking about. Like, if you don't go to a Nuggets game, the the, the beginning of like is you ready? 90, yeah, the yeah, we were like a hundred twenty games in a row. They played Migos, yeah. or maybe it was just Quavo. Do we get uh, is you ready? ready? Whole squad ready in an empty Whole arena when it's ready? just the press? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we probably do. You're right. Uh, all right, down there, hat backwards, smiling and styling. It's Harrison Wind. What's up, guys? <laughs> Right, What's up, Harrison? Right. I gave you an A-plus lead in, and that's all yeah, you gave me. Okay. And then the, the uh, oldest member of the uh, quartet here, it's a D, D-line. You know him as Eric. So old. What uh, What a terrible lead in. Why, why is that? <laughs> like, uh, that was a backhanded compliment. Harrison gives you no energy back. You, then you immediately that's go to true. insult of me. What the F? I already man. used up all my material before my... <laughs> Whole squad ready, dude. Come Whole on. Whole squad ready. So, guys, today's show, we're going to talk about the dates and deadlines and, and just what we ex- expect of this. We are in it. We're, we're in it guys the uh nba draft here just a week and one day away <laughs> i know uh the trades trade season is upon us i think trade rumors going to be coming out now and then obviously next week we could have a everybody's saying it's going to be a crazy year so we're going to talk about that a crazy uh trade period where there's going to be stuff flying around um we're also going to rank tim conley's best drafts I think this will be an interesting exercise from worst to best. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. ESPN published an article where they projected what they think every player's value will be this offseason, what they expect to make. You might be surprised. We've heard some crazy numbers for guys like Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Torrey Craig and the, and the like. So we're going to talk about what um, – uh, <laughs> I'm in the comments here. People are already keeping for Leiden. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about what, what – ESPN projects Jeremy Grant's going to be worth. But let's start here with the key deadlines, guys, because this is what came down um, the pipe yesterday. Both the, both some of the key dates and just what the salary cap is going to look like. And let's start here. Trade season, still not official, but it looks like it'll either be Sunday or Monday that trade season will officially, the moratorium will be lifted and trades can start to be you know discussed and agreed upon. Um it's not very far away. That's very, very, very close. And more to the point, I mean, this always happens that that moratorium lifts a little bit before the draft, and that's why you get so much sort of scuttlebutt, and then things hit right as your the window opens for you to make trades. Things start to come down, but um, it, it's going to happen this weekend, it looks like, or very, very early next week. Um, what do you, Harrison? What do you expect of the next five days? I mean, do you? If you listen to some of the national pods, Brian Windhorse, who's the, Adrian Wojnarowski, guys that are as plugged in as anyone, they're talking about how most teams have already like talked to everyone. This is why it's always dumb, but it sounds like there's a lot that's already been discussed. What do you, what's your expectation here for the next week? My expectation is it's going to be wild and. I'm with all those guys. I think everything's already been agreed upon. Just like when the free agent quote unquote negotiation period opens, like I expect a ton of signings to happen right away. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that just nobody's talked about. Like we talk about the Drew Holiday trade. We talk about, you know, some other popular trades out there. There are going to be some deals that I guarantee you like 
blow our bra- blow our brains out because we just like haven't even thought about them once like over the last six months yeah well, why is this the the prevalent sort of thought here prevailing sort of narrative that there's going to be a lot of movement to me this yeah. seems like a season where um i don't know maybe teams would take less risks uh if i, I would i wonder if this might have more of an asterisk on it than the last season um but it seems to me like a lot of people are expecting movement. It's kind of a tough question. I don't know if anyone has an answer to this, but but why I, is that? No, well, I actually there is some people have discussed this very thing, and one of them is is that this isn't a very strong free agent class. So a lot of team, and, and on top of that, maybe teams that have various incentives with their salary cap and how things you know where they have to go from here. So the best way for most teams, it's not always the case, but the best way for most teams who are contending to get better is through trades this year, not through yeah. free agency. Usually there's some combination of it, but this year it looks like the trade market's super high. Drew Holiday, maybe Bradley Beal, who knows, probably not a Giannis, but you know, there's there's other big names out there. Chris Paul, th- those guys lead right. sort of the, the players who can make the biggest impact, whereas your free agents, not a lot of intrigue there. I, I really think also, we talked about this before a little bit, the idea that teams would be more likely to move players versus try to sign free agents for big money when... Uh, so much of just the world's economy is in flux, like it's never been before. So, you know, a way to acquire a player with an absolute value versus having to try and, you know, coax somebody right. to come to your this team. Weird cap. Yeah. Right, right. So it's like, I have this, let's just like move, like in a, in a fantasy football world where you're like, how do I make my team better? You kind of look at, you know, how can we just kind of move some pieces that might make sense for both sides more so than trying to spend a bunch of cash? Yeah. I think that's I think honestly think that's it and also because of how hectic things are going to to come down I mean we could talk about it now the dra- the draft is obviously on the 18th we're going to be going live right right here from our YouTube channel you're going to want to watch from YouTube because it's going to be a 4 hour show I don't know if people know this let me give this little note this podcast is also on YouTube it's also on Periscope but on YouTube if you have a smart TV this is such an old man I don't know if people know this cuz everybody <laughs> young except for you already knows this, this show. Except that's how they're watching TV. right now yeah no 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 only 10% of our YouTube viewers I just, this is how I get into the data only watch it on their TV most people on their laptop but if you have a smart TV, you can just go to YouTube <laughs> and, and and you can pull it up. So on draft night, I highly recommend you get your TV going with the, the DNVR Nuggets draft because every every pick we're going to be discussing it from a Denver Nuggets lens, right? You hop yep. on ESPN and they're just going to be like, "What does this mean for LeBron James?" Like yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to be we're going to be talking about okay, which teams are getting better? How does this you know how does this affect the Nuggets? Who's left? We're going to have tons of guests on, but. Um, I, I say all that's to say pull it up on your, on your TV so you can see it. But the draft, so the draft is going to be on the 18th. That's next Wednesday. Um, and then free agency is two days after that. Less, <laughs> less than two days after that. On the 20th at 4 o'clock Eastern is when free agency begins. So imagine, put yourself, for example, for, for a moment into Calvin Booth and Tim Conley's shoes. Those guys are probably not going to sleep. They're going to go to bed like one time in between the draft and free agency. And then things are just going to be absolutely hectic. So I think that's part of it too, Vote, is... The fact that these three things all happen over the course of five days, right. I think that the trade pieces are going to be the first dominoes in the moment. You guys have to be aggressive. If you, you sit on your, you, you know, you, you sit for six days, you might miss out on all of it for the draft, free agency, and and, and trade deadlines. Man, um, don't I do blame think, guys, don't I do, I do think when we get to the draft, that's where we're going to see just a ton of trades take place yeah. because. Yeah. If you think about it, these teams have been sitting in the like same exact position for you know like the last six months just 
thinking up trades, thinking up draft scenarios and stuff. Like their minds are probably just melted by now, yeah. just kind of yeah. going over the same numbers, the same guys that are available, the same potential trades. But in the draft is kind of like uh, it, it's kind of like the last time that you can make those deals. It's like the grand finale. So yeah. that's when I expect a lot of the trades to get done. Like the Drew Holiday trade. If he's going to get traded, I bet it's I agree. Night. I agree. I bet it's under. We're going to yeah. do all this this prep work True. for a draft <laughs> night trade, baby. Well, uh, the thing is, too, like the free the opening free agency is one of the greatest days that exists on Twitter. It's yeah, like the most yeah. incredible. And like just bombs hit right and left. We're going to get draft like crazy twitter bombs and we're going to get free agent twitter bombs it's going to be twitter is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to anybody this over these coming days i can't gd wait no so the question here is can teams start trading on draft night or during free agency they can start this is what i'm saying they can start trading earlier we don't know the date yet i think it'll probably come down today but it'll either be sunday or monday that teams can start to make these trades so um it'll go trades open up the draft two days later free agency to it two days later after that so all of this stuff is going to be really really condensed um i think what happened in if we go back to the tyler Lydon draft and we've talked to enough people to kind of get a sense for how this happened there's a reason i'm bringing this up but if we go back to that something happened that threw a wrench into the entire process like you kind of go through i, I know as a staff they go through mock drafts with each other and it's like okay let's prepare for this scenario that throws everything off and i think what happened in that draft was a wrench got thrown into the, the equation that was not part of their hundreds of scenarios that they projected. Like something crazy happened. They end up getting a split decision and, and going and, 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 and kind of not having their ducks in a row. This year, I think because it seems like you can't get consensus on who the second or third pick is, let alone the 22nd pick, I think that there are going to be a lot of variables. We've all mm. talked about I, a scale of 1 to 10 – you guys can go ahead and give me this real, real quickly. Scale of one to ten, how surprised would you be if the Nuggets move up in the draft? Five, six. I'll, I'll be surprised if they do it, uh, just because they haven't really done it before. Okay. They're they're a team I think who scouts the draft well enough and uh, is confident in their scouting enough that they always believe there's going to be a player that they like that's there when they select. So I just think like by nature, they usually find a player that they're happy with where they're picking. Chris, uh, as much as I agree, what I'm saying is, would you be like, oh, wow, I didn't think they'd do that. Or would you be like, holy crap. You know, I would, for me, that'd be attentive. I, wow, I can't okay. ever imagine that moving forward. They, they like, they love playing that game of getting two for one. They love okay. it. They'd like, All right. We've just never seen him do it outside. So you guys would be surprised. Round. I wouldn't be I, that surprised, even though I don't think it's going to happen. I would be like a seven, meaning I'm not predicting it would happen. But if it happened and they move up to 15, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's that was on my radar, even if I didn't think likely. What, what do you guys? Same thing, same question. But if they move back in the draft, zero. I would not be surprised <laughs> either. Um, I, I would. Well, you like... just said you would be surprised. So now you. So now you're saying you can't say you wouldn't be surprised either. You just said you would be surprised. Uh -oh. I think there's a much more likely scenario where I think the most likely scenario is they pick somebody at 22. The second most likely scenario is they move back. The third most likely scenario is they move up. What about That's trading? Trade. No, what I would say trading trade. now altogether. And that was I what I was going to say. That, yeah. Well, I tried to do something here to illustrate yeah, something same. to our audience and Harrison made we'll we'll really too detailed for it here. But what I'm saying is, I this is a draft where I think all four scenarios—trade up, back, stay, 
are all on the table. And yeah. as the one thing I will say though is I think that there are enough good players that Denver will almost certainly have at least one person they like at twenty two. Meaning, unlike maybe that Tyler Lydon, I know they moved backwards, but I don't think they're going to get to a spot where they you know are like, oh crap, all of our guys are gone. What are we going to do? You know, we don't have a next option here. I think if they get to twenty two and they can't. They didn't get their main guy. They didn't get their second guy. They didn't get their main trade. Whatever. I just think I think they'll be like, okay, cool. Our B plus options here, and we're going with that. So <laughs> that was a long way of illustrating this point, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, you think that they'll stay put? <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually do think that's probably the most likely scenario is they stay put. Vote is that. You, you think so as well? There's yeah, just a lot I, of good players. I've been saying that the whole time. That's exactly it. I just think someone's going to slide. Yeah. Um, and and I think you hit on it earlier. Like By pick 12, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at their big boards like, I didn't have that guy going yet. I had no idea that team was going to take that guy. Um, I think there's going to be confusion. Um, but again, I, I don't think there's much urgency to nail this pick if you're Denver. I think you can sort of sit back at 22 and just say someone talented, someone worth a look will, will come to us. Yeah, it, it seems like the other time, the other th- factor is that they've always been trading more attractive picks too. Like the twenty second pick is like not that attractive to to court some kind of you know assets coming back. I mean, you're, when you're like you know fifteen or you're in the lottery or something, it's a lot easier to like package those picks, move back, still be in you know like a decent spot to to get who you want so it, it, that does make sense i'm sure they will just they have never been in this position though where they're picking in the, in the 20s in the first round they've been in the lottery they've had a draft like last year where they didn't even have a first round pick so yeah. i do wonder if that you know like i, I envision them Tyler Lydon, 24th well they started that draft at right, 14th right, 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 they right. traded back they've yeah. never been in a story yeah. where they're yeah. starting in the 20s yeah yeah um, so another piece of information here. Oh, then start of training camp December 1st. So, I mean, it, here's what's funny is we always know you draft a player, okay, we'll say the 18th, and then you go through the free agency period, which is going to be immediately after. When do you introduce the new player? Are they going to have a press conference? Are they just going to wait until training camp on the 1st? There's just no time. If you imagine that player, that <laughs> you never think of this. If it's a draft and stash, this is easier. But if it's an actual player, that player has to move. I know We, we never oh, actually think about the logistics. And quarantine and move and all of this stuff. Like, think about this young player that is probably going to be 19, 20 years old, has to go to a city maybe they've never been to in their life, find a house or a home, and then, like, integrate themselves into a, a – t- like, it's just going to be a hectic, hectic uh, – I hope they move them into that penthouse at the top of the Pepsi – or the ball. <laughs> and then no people ball. like us ask you questions. Like, have you ever been to Denver before? Do you yeah. like altitude? Yeah. Do you, are you going to love Colorado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was totally. it MPJ who was like, yeah, yeah, like, I really like it here. And then a week later, it was like, no, I've never been here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I would say. Well, Jamal Murray famously said, like, I just know there it's really cloudy or something like that. It's like, no, that's not, not, not accurate. <laughs> yeah. um, you know nothing, Jamal. Nothing. The other piece of this, so there's two things here. The salary cap and luxury tax are going to stay the same as this 2020 season, um, which I think everybody expected. This is sort of like the opposite of cap smoothing because things going down and rather than the NBA be like, all right, this year all the books are effed and everybody that tried to plan is effed. Instead, they're going to be like, okay, over the next several years, we're going to try to like make up for lost revenues slowly. Um, and then here's the interesting thing, though, and I think this actually does pertain to the Nuggets, although it pertains more to teams competing with the Denver Nuggets. Luxury tax bill will be reduced 
by an equal percentage that the BRI, basketball-related income, is reduced. Meaning, if the here's here's what this means: if you have a luxury tax bill and it's a hundred million dollars, nobody has that bill. But let's just say for easy math purposes, a hundred a hundred million dollars, and the income that the NBA ends up making this season is thirty percent less. Your tax your tax bill, rather than be a hundred million, will be seventy million because they're saying, well, we're not going to make you pay a full tax if what we made was less than what we projected. I think this is really smart. And I think this is actually fair if you just look at like, okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Now the question becomes, are the Nuggets more likely maybe to go into the tax Hopefully. this year because like, oh, hey, it's probably not going to cost you like it normally would in a typical mm-hmm. year. This is going to be a little bit of a lighter tax. But more to the point, there's one team in the Western Conference kind of lingering that's significantly over the luxury tax, which is the Golden State Warriors. They have a ton of money and they've gone way over into the tax. Now they're in a position where it's like, hey – Everybody was looking at the Warriors thinking, well, now you don't have an arena and, you know, maybe your team's not that good. Now you look at it and go, genius. They they went over the tax by a lot and they're probably not going to be penalized for it nearly as much. Maybe they maybe that makes allows them some flexibility. Um, Harrison, what do you what do you make of that specific development for the Nuggets and other teams? Yeah, I mean, for the Nuggets, I've always thought that if they really deep down believe that a certain move was going to push them over the top and push them into prime championship contention, and it took them over the tax, they'd be willing to pay it. I I just always believe that. I don't think that move has been out there for the last couple of years. Um, It could be out there this year. Um, But if kind of push came to shove and like it was that A-plus move that was really going to do it, I think they'd be willing to pay the tax. Um, But I don't know, man. Uh, I honestly just don't really see a lot of teams – paying the tax this year, even if it is slightly decreased just with the, uh, just with the economic uncertainty. Can I disagree for a second? And I don't know I, this. I don't, I don't know this, but I do feel like this is the type of thing we, I, you hear it's, it's the default position. Like, well, it's uncertain this or that, you know, who's making a lot of money this year. Billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is the thing is you're right that there are, and there are some, like, I mean, we, we also know for like Tillman Fertitta is not doing very well right now. Mickey Harrison has a very uncertain future, but there's other guys that are making a lot of money. We just saw a Utah jazz team that sold. I think this default position of, you know what? We're all struggling right now. Not all of us. Some people are doing great. Like some people are really making yeah. tens of billions of dollars this year. And so I just don't know that. I do think that you're, it's right, Harrison, that there are going to be some owners that are a lot more cautious. But I think there's going to be some owners that go, it's a lot of hype. I'm not really affected by what's going on in the world right now. I can I can grasp some power here. But owners it? might be making money, but the team is right. not making money. The team is right. still in the red. Their other businesses are you know in the green, but – you know, their franchise and what they're making off like an operating cost of an NBA team is not yeah. doing well. So I think it might be tough to look at that aspect of say, okay, let's, let's double down and spend the most we ever Cheap have right it. now. Right. They Second might not rounder. have cash on hand anyway, too. The other thing I've always curious about how this works is like, you know, a principal owner may have a boatload of money. But like, right. do minority shares right, and stuff right, have to right, be right. paid out? I don't really sure. know how that stuff sure. works, but yeah. I also know no one loves to play the tiny violin for themselves during poor economic times, quite like billionaires who are raking it in. <laughs> the Crunkies, whether or not it is the, the case that their, their cash flow that. is interrupted, that's right. The yeah. Crunkies have never had a better excuse than we. I mean, they have that Ram Stadium they poured billions yeah. into, and ain't yeah. nobody's there. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's a lot of, of excuses. I think is a good word there, Harrison. 
And then also, like, there's levels to this. Not every owner has the same amount of wealth and, and who has cash on hand to deal um, with a down year. I, I'm with Wind on this one. Yeah, it really comes down to, first off, like, whether or not the owner themselves are in it for the prestige or if they're in it for a business. Like, if, if the NBA itself looks to be a losing proposition from a business standpoint, then a good businessman would not pour money into it this year. Even though you do essentially get a free bet from DraftKings in this way, like, they're saying that even if you make the pick and you're, it doesn't hit, like, you still get a free bet if that if that team scores like so that that is like very tempting because this is like also like having a coupon like you don't you don't get this again so if there's a, a team that like wants to win like i can see them absolutely i'm, win. T- I'm telling you there's going to be a surprise team out there that you're like wow they really spent a lot of money this i can't year. wait to see and it's going to be because the owner's just like i don't care philly <laughs> yeah, I, w- I want to see what Daryl Morey does over this like over this five day span. It's going to be mind blowing, I believe. Like, the Phillies going to like be crazy. All right, Harrison, take <laughs> us to our break. On the other side, though, we do have more stuff to talk about. Value, Jeremy Grant. What's ESPN projecting that Jeremy Grant is worth? We'll talk about that. Yeah, well, we've got the draft in a week, guys, and I know we've been pumping out those draft profiles. We've got Cole Anthony up on the website right now on bbnvr.com. Um, I just did a profile on Devin Vassell. I don't think Denver's going to be able to get him, but man, what a fit it would be. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners just coming via YouTube, coming via Periscope. There's all this written content on ddnbr.com that you guys can read, not just about the Nuggets, but other Denver sports as well. Um, so try <laughs> sign up for a subscription. Uh, head to ddnbr.com, hit up a one-year subscription, and use the promo code NUGGETS. We're doing this competition where every different beat tries to sign up new members. So help us beat the Broncos beat. Sign up now. I'm telling you, we're going to be doing our – I can't wait for us to do our videos again on the preseason talking about the players. They're going to be even better this year. That's one of my favorite things we did last year. But those will be largely behind the paywall. Yeah, you'll have a good, like, three days to get them done. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sign up for an annual subscription. Use the code NUGGETS. Use the code NUGGETS. You will get a free T-shirt of your choice designed by – D-Line, you know him as Eric. Eric, you know him as D-Line from the DNVR locker. A free DNVR mask. You also get a Nuggets sticker pack or whatever type of sticker pack you want. Uh, so hit that up today, guys. Awesome content on there always. Here This Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other with this weekend's major golf tournament along with both professional and collegiate football. There will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet. DraftKings covers with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's actions. Tons of action this week. Golf, football, tons of different sports around the world to bet on. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. When you sign up to get this can't miss offer, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet. And DraftKings covers you up to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. Struggling. I'm actually positive on my DraftKings bets, but I'm I'm four of my last 19 
but all my big wins have come through, so thank God. Um, not a good gambler, me. Turns out. You're, you're muted, Eric. What did you do? You, you do we never play that song long enough to where it gets into that weird, like, Have <laughs> <laughs> you never noticed it? Oh, I, I think so great. Dude, you gotta, I'm going to send you a video of them Very recording jumpy. this live. It's so cool to watch them record it. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, I'm, did Tommy, Tommy Heinsohn die? R.I.P. Did, oh, did he really? Yeah, oh, no. Oh, there you go. That's, that's too bad. Um, I got a good question on here from Nicholas here. What is the schedule released in a normal year this year? I think the schedule almost always comes the second week of August. Um, so <clears throat> a good month and a half before media day. But, of course, because it's this year, it's going to be absolutely insane because that's another thing that's going to probably happen between now and training camp. So we're, we're going to be bombarded with news. And we, we always sit here and try to plan our show. We spend maybe an hour or two hours per day just trying to think about what we want to do for our show. We're about to enter the time where we're like, what do we have to cut out? What important news? We can't that's talk why we, about the schedule till next week. That's why we had to so get much. all those fantasy drafts out of our and system. Because it's time to get serious here. <laughs> time, to, time to buckle down. To all buckle right, so let's down. shift gears here. So I expect, Nicholas, that that will probably come through here in the next couple weeks along with everything else because I don't know if, you know, the first week of training camp, you're not really ramping up towards the season and what your schedule is, but you can't let this linger to, like, December 18th. They don't know who they're playing yet, so it's it'll be coming up before too long. Um, I want to get in. ESPN had an article. Let me see. Bobby Marks was uh, penned this one where he talked about an estimate, what he estimates. And he's a knowledgeable guy. He knows what he's talking about. He estimates what Jeremy Grant's trade uh, uh, free agency value will be. He goes through all the players, actually, and he goes through them by position. We have heard so many people, mostly fans, but even other writers speculate about, oh, 18 million, won't go above 20 million. I've always thought that was crazy. Jeremy Grant's a really good player. I don't think he's that. I think he's uh, he's not a $20 million a year player. The projection, according to Bobby Marks, Bobby Marks 12 to $14 million. Yeah. To me, that sounds right. Yeah. That's that's actually what he's worth. In fact, I would pro- personally, I think he's probably right in the middle there. I think a thirteen million dollar deal, he might end up getting bumped up to four- fourteen. To me, would be like yeah, Denver had to pay for him. I just th- I've I still think that eighteen million dollars that I keep hearing, uh, you know, some other writers or fans talk about. I just think that's absurd. Yeah, a lot of that came on the heels of that Lakers series. Remember how inflated his value got like really quickly. Yeah, but again, it's also like we talk about this a lot. It, it's all just. It's why you can't ever look at one player and their contract, get your drinks out in a vacuum. I mean, like Denver will probably go up. I would say, like, for me, that line in the state would probably be around, like, 16 mil. You probably don't want to go higher than that. You can justify 16 mil if you're pretty darn sure you're going to contend for or win a title. Right. Um, but if you're the Atlanta Hawks and you're trying to find your power forward of the future, I, I think – and I say this with a lot of respect for him as a guy and a player. I think you're fucking crazy to give Jeremy yeah. Grant 18, 20 mil. Um, so it's relative value here. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I think if you're the Nuggets, you're, you're definitely hoping Bobby Marks is right. Yeah. This free agency class is a bunch of Jeremy Grants. I mean, that's the thing is, there, it's like Gallinari. He's a good player. He's not a he's not a great player, right? Like you would love to have him on your team, but you don't want to have him for eighteen twenty million. And I, I think that's where Jeremy Grant falls. So, this idea I see Bobby in the in the comments here saying there's always somebody who will pay. Pay to me, sixteen million might be somebody paying. To, right. to me, sixteen right. million is like oh wow, he's, good job on Jeremy. He overdid his value. 
but it's not insane kind of money. So um, it's funny if you think about him in terms of who on our team we've paid that amount of money to. I mean, that's what that's Mason Plumley money, right? Like it's a little bit better than Mason Plumley money. I think I think Wilson would, Chandler was making that for a while. They the, you feel very comfortable giving Will uh, Barton money. It's Barton money, money, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, that that feels right, right, for that, yeah. that level of player, and it's also the in a vacuum, the concept. Yeah. Wow, of just we're like, doing this a lot. It's just like you pay them what you have to pay, based on what other you've paid your other pieces. Like if you want to retain him, it, it, I mean, but I agree. Like just if an absolute value for Jeremy Grant probably should be no higher than maybe fourteen or so. What is this list of teams that's either been sort of like reported or people have put out there? They think maybe they Atlanta. Yeah, it's like the Atlantas of the world. It's the teams the with cap room. The teams with cap space. And I just, yeah. I don't know, man. I just don't know what they're going to do. The, the Suns are the only team that's kind of on the precipice that would have nice room, room, I think, to offer Jeremy Grant like something that's competing uh, money wise with the Nuggets. Um, but. I just don't see it. I think Denver's going to come in with an aggressive offer right away, and an aggressive offer is probably like fourteen to fifteen million um, for, for Jeremy Grant. I think if they come in with that right away, Jeremy Grant wants to come back. The Nuggets want him back. This is the place that can best maximize his strengths and kind of diminish his weaknesses, in my opinion. It's the yeah, best spot like- for him. He's on a contender. Yeah, I, I think if Denver just comes in hard with something like that quickly they get it done that's always been their style too we're going to kind of see where denver how denver views themselves as like it's one thing to say like we see ourselves as like a really attractive destination for free agents but if they just like go out and just like way overpay on the very first day like they've done with will barton like they did with mason plumley like it signals that they're like more nervous about that to begin with and they, I, that, that's always been the knock on this uh, front office and to me, the, the defense was always that they had to pay those players what they paid them on the first day because it was always like right away and way more than everybody was expecting. And it just well, like, I think the Barton contract was fine, and and Plumley was I mean, like I, I not right away at all. Plumley was like the the last one of the last free agents to sign that Barton contract. Though I, not everybody thought it was okay. I mean, that's I mean, it's been fine. I think it's been fine. I agree. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying, like at the time, I think that it's it seemed higher than it needed to be. Um, I, I, I definitely yeah. agree. Friend of the show, Bronco Squatch, brings up a, a good point here. Everybody thinks about having cap space as like you have to use that to spend money. There's other uses of cap space, yep. including absorbing trades. And so um, I, I even if you just look at the very short number of teams that have cap space, I just don't know that it makes sense for them to pull the trigger on Jeremy Grant. Say, this is what we did to get we, – we saved free cap space for Jeremy Grant. That's why we did this. I, I just don't think that makes sense. Right. They'd rather so, take expiring deals and wait for a, a better – We've gotten this question a lot. and Maybe we've talked about it before, but if Grant is too pricey, what are some alternatives? I don't know if there's great alternatives here because he – he is. He does check a lot of buy. That part of the value of Jeremy Grant here in Denver is that he actually just fits so nicely. But you know, you look at the Morris twins, both both available. Jake Crowder, maybe Dario Saric, J. Michael Green. There's other guys that fill that sort of like mostly power forward but combo forward type players that can guard some positions. I just don't think any of them have the combination combination of like character, skill set, fit. That you Jeremy Grant for the Morris twins. Ugh. <laughs> I know that doesn't seem like that is not a Tim Codling move at all. That is not. Yeah, Jamichael Green, or like Jamichael Green, or like a uh, a Mo Harkley. All former Clippers, apparently, is what we're doing. So. <laughs> Jay, Jay Crowder is probably the guy I would I would look at as as the best potential Jeremy Grant replacement. Or your, 
Or you're trying to draft that way, right? And that's that's two, three years out that you've drafted in approximate and they develop. Yeah. So, so um, Moving along, though, to so some of these other guys, Torrey Craig. Anybody have a guess on Torrey Craig? What's he expected to get, according to Bobby Marks? I do not. Four and a half million. Two to four million. Mm. Two to wow. four million. That's really he, cheap. What was his last deal? I think it was in that same range. I th- I, th- I think so off the top of my head. Yeah, so I'm look it up right not, now. Not 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 a ton of money for Tory Craig. Paul Millsap. This one surprises me a little bit. What, what, what are our guesses for Paul Millsap? Paul Millsap. Now, I mean, now that you said it surprises you, I'm gonna say. Well, is it mildly surprised? I I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, <laughs> six and a half million. Good guess. Say, I was gonna say nine. So they Bobby Marks projects six to eight million. So again, a little bit below that MLE number um, for Denver. I mean, this is good news for Denver. This is good news for Denver if these guys are projected to be so low. Um, no, it's Tucker if, nailed it. It was seven million. Yep, there you go. Look at that. Um, the thing about Millsap, and I've always said, is that I just I, him moving, him moving on. I wonder if Denver can get him even cheaper than that. Just as a hey, we just paid you ninety million. I was an overpay. Take a little bit of a deal. Plus, do you really want to move your family during a pandemic? Probably not. I mean, also, like, Millsap's trying to win. That's trying what's to win, left yeah. in his career, man. And uh, the going and, and starting somewhere else, like starting over, versus sticking around in a situation that you very well could uh, mess around yeah. and get it done. I think there's I a thousand be, incentives. Yeah. I would be pretty shocked if he was on a different team next season. Mason Plumley, Five. Uh, uh, the minimum. Uh, no, he's. I would say seven. Talk he was six to eight million. Mm. It surprised yeah. me. Same as I, Millsap. I just don't see that because there's so many backup big men out there. I know. There. Well, that's what's so, so funny. Many. He actually came in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine guys ahead of him. Yeah. I guess he's tied with Whiteside, Favors, and Baines. But and, and, and I said minimum, not because I don't think Mason Plumlee is a good player. Like I think if Mason Plumlee is not on the Nuggets next season, we'll probably re- more people will, will realize how valuable he was to Denver when he was here. But I just think that the market is set up in a way where those guys could really get squeezed. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think that number certainly to me has Mason Plumlee going somewhere else, um, which I think he probably is anyway. But um, you, a couple names that I've heard thrown around by Nuggets fans: Tristan Thompson, eight to ten million projected. Now he would in Denver be the backup center slash power forward who could play alongside Jokic. I think that would probably be his role, so he would fill a little bit of that double double niche. Here's the thing, guys. Tristan Thompson, I'd be shocked if he wasn't a Laker. I just would be completely, say, we, completely we don't need astonished. That, we don't need that Kardashian vibe. In the, in I know, that's so yeah. true. Yeah. I'm like, it seems, oh, it oh, seems oh. like the latest news or gossip around there about Tristan Thompson is just setting up his, his L.A. signing nicely. It's leading Which sucks, it to because I, I would love him in Denver. Yeah. I think he'd be a great. I think he'd be a great type of player to add on, he's on gonna, a right deal, right role. He's gonna pull a full Rondo and just be like so bad during the regular season. Because he was he a terrible and they're just dominant in the postseason somehow. It's so uh, Rondo. It's so dumb. Um, Serge Ibaka, another person I've heard, ten to twelve million. I which is surprising because I've seen other projections that had Serge Ibaka way below that number, but ten to twelve million apparently. Apparently, he still has some. I don't see him getting away from Toronto. No, yeah. he feels like Toronto feels like the right place for Serge Ibaka. I think Serge benefits from this free agency class. I think it's an underwhelming one, and he's going to be a type of role player that a lot of teams say, "Hey, that's a that's a, a needle mover in free agency, and we'll overpay a little bit for a guy like that." 
I've seen fans talk about Aaron Baines, six to eight million. Again, these are all Bobby Marks's projections. Um, Christian Woods, another name that I've seen thrown around. Um, Nuggets. Fans a lot of Christian Wood talk. In the last. He's, few I mean, he's very intriguing. Um, Wait, yeah, Christian Wood's only, only six to eight million. Yeah, no, no, no. Christian Wood, tw- ten to twelve million. Oh, okay. So okay. Above. Um, is there another player you guys are curious about? Um, does he I'm have Gallo looking... and or Bertans? He does. Bertans twelve to fourteen million. Mm. Um, and then Gallinari, I did see him. Where did I see him? Is he in the power forward list? What about Marcus All? How come I can't? Marcus All was let's see. Plumley range. Yeah, exactly. Uh, four to six million actually for Marcus All. Um, go sign Marcus Nerlens Noel four to six million. So, um, so what about guys, Justin Holiday? Justin Holiday, oh, I did look him up. I did look him up. He was one. So he was at, uh, um, where did he fall to? Where is he at? Uh, four to six million. Mm. Yeah, you really easily get him in, get him under in that MLE or, or below. So um, some interesting names there. So anyway, let's take another break here. On the, on the final side, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Look at Tim Conley's draft record to help prepare us for what we expect for this draft. Going through this list, guys, not going to lie. Some really do, some really great ones, some not-so-great ones. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about the Tyler Lydon trade. That should be fun. The TLT, baby. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm ready to mitigate. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, time and time again, guys, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturns is an education, allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go and build your toolbox at MSU Denver Online. I've talked about MSU Denver Online for a while now. I took a class there this last summer. They've been doing the online education thing forever. So they've totally mastered uh, giving students an awesome college education online. Teachers are used to teaching online, so they know how to give you the relevant information, keep classes engaging. Uh, So check out their entire course list, msudenver.edu backslash online it's awesome if you're a first-time freshman if you're trying to balance a job and getting a college education msu denver online is super affordable as well Uh, so it's a great option for every type of student Uh, no matter where you are in life msu denver online is good also guys make sure to subscribe download and check out the dnvr rugby podcast hosted by colton strickler also check out his written content on the dnvr.com another thing you get with a dnvr membership uh, dnvr rugby coverage he has awesome guests on the podcast also if you just don't really know anything about rugby it's an awesome podcast to listen to learn a little bit about, about learn a little bit about the game learn the x's and o's he has really cool guests on there too so download the dnvr rugby podcast wherever you get your podcasts from all right, good. I love when I get the shout outs for the good too. The homie, so, the homie Miroslav, he's so good. This tune is so washed. This tune is something you buy loafers to. Oh man, what happened to Eric? Man, that's crazy. Disappeared <laughs> off of the uh, disappeared <laughs> off the stream there. <laughs> oh, does, is it the the sun? The sun is back, so, so we have Unabomber vote over here. Unabomber vote. That's good. <laughs> he looks like the sketch of the Unabomber, not the actual Unabomber, but the sketch of the Unabomber. Hey, can uh, we like, can gonna add together, that to my like, I'm gonna put together like a GoFundMe. I want to buy Brendan vote a, a piece of cardboard. We should put together a GoFundMe. I'm down. Go fund, go fund Brendan's curtains. <laughs> 
Yeah, don't trash talk Adam's music or you get cut. You get out of here. All right, um, guys, this is going to be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to this. So, what are we doing? <laughs> we're talking about Tim Conley's best draft. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And actually, I made the ranking. You guys just have to like sit here and agree or disagree cool. with me. Yep. So, he has now had one, two, three, four, five, six drafts by my count. Oh, wait, no, 2019. I have to slot 2019 in there. What, what, what happened in 2019? Oh, yeah, he got bowl and nobody else, right? Maybe his best draft. <laughs> it was just Bull? Where would where'd Vladko come in at? Was it Bull? Was Vladko the- was uh, 2017 with Monte. Okay, that's right. Let me put him in here because I didn't have him on the list. They had no pick and they turned it that's into right. Bull Bull. It was the greatest move of all time. Man, I'm not going to lie. This was this was kind of a great, great draft, but where can I put it? Gosh dang it. I, this is tough. 2019. <laughs> all right. Okay, so. He has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This will be his eighth draft coming up. The worst one, and it's actually not even on my ranking because I put a little asterisk by it because he was hired the week, like a week before the draft, and then had to go in and he had a, a very strict rule: trade the pick, don't draft anyone. So the worst draft wasn't his fault, but 2013 only move was trading uh, Rudy Gobert, pretty good player. For cash, which is the last time, fun fact, the Not last great. time a first round draft pick has been traded for has been traded for cash. Uh, honest, was the Denver Nuggets. To be honest, I would rather that uh, Stan Kroenke has cash than have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying Stan, is, is Utah paid hard cash to get waxed in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Can I say something about 2013? Waxed Just going back and looking back oh, yeah, at they did get who, green. Else, they did get, who else was green. drafted here in the first round. After the 27th pick, I see a grand total of two players who are still in the league. Really? After that Rudy who Gobert pick. Who are they? Alan Crabb, who was taken okay. yeah, 31st, yeah. and I think he's just barely hanging on. Yeah. First team, all get those checks, Alan Crabb. Yeah, yeah. Got a good one. Yeah, I think his career ended when he signed the big contract in uh, 2017. And I think the only other NBA player left here is Mike Muscala. Uh, <laughs> You're right. That's oh, not- Roland Neto also uh, picked up in the second round. But um, there weren't that many great players out there. Let's be honest. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that great. But, I mean, Gobert was out there. Although, you know, it's that whole butterfly ripple effect thing. Like, if you have Gobert, but you probably don't have Jokic, you know, whatever. So, yeah, uh, it's worked out. It's worked out, as evidenced by this just recent playoffs. Um, all right, so let's throw that one out anyway because it's just a little bit weird. The next worst draft was maybe the single draft I was most excited about in the moment. 2015, the Nuggets draft Emmanuel Moutier. They also get Nikola Radicevich. Radicevich turned out to – I actually really liked him. He just sort of I was really wasn't there. Yeah. I was never a believer, but when we saw him was, in Summer League, it's like, man, this guy can do all the things you need to at, I love a, Summer League. at a slow pace. <laughs> like, he was slow for Summer League. Like He oh, was outclassed oh, in Summer League athletically, but he could make the right reads. He's just too slow. Um Terrible draft, man, in hindsight, but at the, the Moutier, I was so excited. Moutier, to me, still was the new day. That was like, I thought that was the start of this era. It turns out it wasn't, but I thought it was. I mean, Moutier was not a bad pick at the time. No one clowned Denver for it. No. It seemed like the right slot for, like, he slid a little bit on draft day, right. but he was talented enough that if you were, was it seven, right? They were at seven again for that? Yeah. Yep. Um, that it, it felt like a cheap flyer. Um, so it just it was just more about the hope to reality ratio from that yeah. point forward. Yeah, you know, I I used to during that era that was like 
that was prime ESPN draft lottery simulator player here in yeah. Denver. Every day would be like, oh, baby, today we're going to get the number one pick. And it would be, we'd always just end up with our own pick. And Moutier was slotted to be, I think, in the top three or at least at minimum top five. So when he slid all the way to seven, I was like, yes, the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah, this is the moment awesome. when Nug Life dies. Totally. And it was like, uh, I mean, he looked cool. He, he did look cool, cool, man. He had a very he cool, cool look. He had a cool backstory. Like, yeah, I mean, man. he had he all the pieces it. other than the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you, you know what's funny to think about Moutier is that this is how you know. This, we've always talked about how the draft, like, we all suspend suspend belief for whatever reason. This is why we personally don't like the draft so much, Eric, because we end up talking about all these guys. They turn out to be just nobodies. And they're like, well, like Justin Patton. Like, we talked about all these intangibles. Like, we had to talk about Justin Patton's intangible, Not just his skill set, but his intangibles, which he's turned out to great, not matter. He's got a winning smile. It's gonna help he's got a winning smile. He's, I hear he's very punctual. He's always always on time. He's got a kid, so you know he's a family man playing for the right motivations. <laughs> <laughs> we did that last week. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he did actually. He, he had some good summer league moments. So here's the funny thing about how we talked about Moutier. Because we talked about Moutier as a player that had superstar potential, right? Yep. Like, and it's kind of funny to think because now you that his career has unfolded, I'm thinking, what was the avenue? What was what was the skill set that gave him superstar potential? <laughs> he never had a jumper. It was never like, oh, this guy can just really fill it up. He had size. Like that's it, that was, was the eye his. Test. Just, you know what it was? It was just passing everybody. Like that was like the big, the big thing. Passing, yeah. He was strong. He had played against adults already. You know all that <laughs> shit we talk ourselves into. <laughs> totally, totally. So anyway, that's the worst one. We don't have to linger on it. But here's what's linger. encouraging: linger. Two of the worst ones were 2013, 2015. Lots of evidence that Tim Conley has only gotten better at the draft. Um, so then we go to 2019. Is my next one. And this one actually is very fluid. They got Bull, and they got him. They basically purchased, you know, the, the ability to draft him in the second round. This could end up being number one. Like if Bull Bull becomes a franchise piece that Denver got in the second round, it might be the number one draft. Yeah, I guess you got Yoke. The 2014 one. I'm not gonna. I don't want to spoil this. It's gonna be tough to beat. But this could end up being a fantastic one, and it's this low. I think this is a good sign. Wait, do you yeah. have this before the the Mitchell year? Yes. What? We'll have to hold on. Again, bowl at the very why. moment. I know why. I know why. I know. I know the rationale. I can already. Yeah, but it's true. Uh, bowl is. This is. We have to. This could. This is a, a stock that can appreciate quite nicely in the future. Yes. But as it stands mm-hmm. right now, the returns. As it stands right now, you can't quite take them to the bank. Like what did they do? The did they like, give the cash they got from Rudy Gobert Gore. up in the second round? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? They walked away with bowl. <laughs> we traded. Yeah, we didn't give. Uh, Utah Gobert for cash. We traded Utah bowl bowl for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> they won the trade. What the trade? So bowl definitely can carry this one higher. But the next draft to me is the the fame 2017 draft. Now, what do we have here? You got Vlatko Chanchar. Okay, he's pretty oh, jacked. Yeah. He's Jokic's buddy. You got Tyler Lydon, completely gone. Like I don't. Let's <laughs> like, just all admit that was the single worst pick of the I entire. Don't really feel like a guy like that, like he can't even shoot. Like I know. <laughs> no, the worst was Tyler Lydon's refusal to shoot. He like he was, remember in summer league yeah, when he, he was just shoot. wide open. He's yeah, he, he could shoot. Absolutely he just shoot. The it was actually a really an interesting case study to be that close. Like confidence is a massive yeah. factor for a lot of these fringe guys, and he went from somehow being like 
attached to like um to Mitchell and Murray and stuff, right? Like shouldn't right. probably have even been a first round pick. Then he gets injured. So that poor dude is just <laughs> oh, trying so yeah. hard not to miss a shot. And it's like Look, I don't think Tyler Lydon was ever really like an NBA player, but there's a world in which he keeps himself above water if he's confident, and to watch it sort of fall out from under him was was tough. Should he be like Frank Kaminsky at, at bare minimum? Like, no, Frank's be... Frank's bigger, way bigger. Maybe Frank's Frank's seven footer, man. Like uh, Lydon was was really <laughs> could Tyler Lydon, Lydon, could Tyler Lydon have been Kyle Kuzma? Yes, <laughs> I'm dead serious. By the way. So no, <laughs> like, I can't. I can't take this. Anyway, Tyler Lydon wasn't good. They drafted him. The other thing, Eric and I were texting about this last night. As much as we like Poku and we like Pokushevsky, I don't. I think he solidifies the fact that the Nuggets can't be cool if they get him. Like I love him, and it doesn't matter. And they, they could, you know, they could be the nerd squad that just beats oh. everyone, and that's even more frustrating to other teams. But he has the Tyler Lydon itis, and that he just looks like he sucks. Man. Like if you just took a picture of him, and that's 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 tough. I hate to burst your bow about the Nuggets ever being cool, man. But. Yeah, well, it's because their <laughs> best player is like a peak. Their, their current cool coolest now. player is an anti-vaxer. So. We, oh, <laughs> when we that's not that is no bearing. The Nuggets have the potential to be cool. We had Carmelo Anthony and we had Allen Iverson. We were cool as hell. That's <laughs> true. It's true, actually. Now we're not. True. Now we're so. Fu- I was saying, like, I want like an fu player. Jamal Murray's like, super cool, though. I'm not gonna. That's lie, true. Guys. Yeah, Jamal I Murray is like trying to get that really job off, but, but here's why 2017 is not as low as maybe people would think. They got Monte Morris in that draft, and I know mm. it, if they would have drafted Monte Morris at 23 or 24 or whatever, and Tyler Lydon in the second round, people would have been like, "That's a great draft." You got a late first round. In late first round, you got Monte Morris, who's this you know incredible backup guy. point guard. Glue guy, great teammate, and then by the way, he was an impact player this year in the playoffs. How many guys drafted in the twenties can you say that about just three years into their career? So, um, to me, that draft it just happened in reverse order, and the Donovan Mitchell thing and all that stuff happened. But they still got a player out of it, which is how many Could've teams? Been. How many teams are going to get a player in this draft? Maybe twenty, right? And most of those will be like the lottery teams will end up with a player. But there'll be a lot of teams that just don't get a player this draft. They draft somebody, doesn't turn out, and. That this year was wasted for him. Facts over here, Myers. That's totally well, straight facts. Just the fact that they have two second rounders from this draft on their roster right now is yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Like it, well, a second rounder is a success story. Like if he just makes your team at some point, I, I almost yeah. feel like and to have two of those guys in the same draft and Vlatko and Monta. Vlatko won them a game. Our yeah. one of our favorite games of the whole year. <laughs> I mean, don't look over the fact that literally like 80% of the Nuggets roster is made up of second round draft picks. It's like, they're they're all about like overachievers over there. Man, if Latko somehow turns out to be a rotation piece, like he just gets, keeps getting more and more jacked and it's like, he's awesome. That draft will fly up the board. Although the top three, so now we get into our top three Tim Conley drafts and they're all bangers in my opinion. Bangers. Number three, and this is almost a distance. In third, Porter Jr., 2018, Michael Porter Jr., Thomas Welsh, Jared Vanderbilt. Okay, Thomas Welsh, whatever. That was the last pick of the draft, or like oh. second to last pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it provided oh, – so it's like, I don't know. It's a good pick. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Take your Jared Vanderbilt, you know, never quite panned out here in Denver. Um, is probably starting to get a little – you know, next year he's on the clock. He needs to show something. But 
doesn't matter. Michael Porter Jr. turns out he that draft was so good that it got Doc Rivers fired <laughs> because Michael Porter Jr. Wow. being so good that the that Steve Ballmer completely lost his mind <laughs> and was like, "F this! Why did we not pick him?" That's that a really good draft. And I was we were saying last night too, like the real issue with Jared Vanderbilt in Denver is that he his time came before male form corner here on the DNBA show. He would have been a male form corner all-star. Yeah. Top tier. I, I think the peak of my homerism, like I got to back myself out of this, was when I had Jared Vanderbilt like listed as one of the Nuggets' assets, you know, like in my yeah, mental yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like really talking about, I'm like, I don't know, man. I think teams might be interested. He's awesome. In- no, I know, but it's just like it. Every team, you if you are in a certain bubble or corner of so the true. universe, you can so talk yourself true. into every second round pick. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally, know? totally. And then they get meanwhile, one pass, pass and then yeah, meanwhile, he was worth like one quarter of one first round draft, late first round draft pick. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, I'm so, telling you, if you want, you know, the strengths and weakness videos of of second rounders, the weakness video, you're just like, these guys suck, man. Like, <laughs> can't really dribble or put the ball on the floor. Can't bat, bad back to the basket, face to the basket, like. Jeez, okay. Shooting numbers are bad, but the mechanics are incredible. But the mechanics are also bad. <laughs> Low overall skill level. Low <laughs> skill level. High motor, very coachable. Not my very fa- yeah, my favorite part about just the draft the process in general is always like as soon as he starts to get with NBA level coaches, he'll he'll be better at his jump shot. It's like He's has he just had terrible coaches? Is, is that's been the it's not him, it's his coaches. <laughs> no one's taught him how to correctly shoot a jump shot this his whole life. Like, all I'm, right. I'm getting this correction from Mr. G here. He says, Never judge a book by his cover. I, I'm not judging him by his cover, I think he could be very good as well. I'm just saying he's not cool. He could end yeah. up being really good and yeah. never cool, which you I think can, is very, very you likely. You could judge coolness by its cover. Yeah, you yeah. Judge coolness. <laughs> yeah. Also, I've never bought the Porzingis, and Porzingis got the Knicks treatment where Knicks fans just irrationally pumped up his coolness, but he's also not cool guys person no, is not cool, cool. Uh, all right top two drafts and this is neck and neck it's not really neck and neck but they're two bangers 2016 jamal murray malik beasley wancho and gomez peter cornelly that's an all-time Forgot draft about peter <laughs> peter cornelly the list drops off at the end here a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> that guy we were having a good laugh about him that guy oof, he, was, he was rough but murray beasley and wancho when you just look at talents Murray turns out to be top three player, top four maybe from that from that year. Actually, easily I would say. Um, and then you've got Malik Beasley, who's a great value pick. I know recent some of the stories, guys, from the off court stuff is, just keeps trickling out, and it's worse and worse. I feel. But hopefully, he gets. It sounds like he needs help, and I hope he gets the help that he needs. But as a basketball player, fantastic, especially for where he's drafted. Juan Gomez still a really good player. Gave us lots of good memories. A team was willing to trade for him. So getting three players like that in one draft, especially when you didn't have a top five pick. Yeah, Hollywood star. Yeah, Hollywood star. That's a banger. That's a hell of a draft, man. That's a hell of a draft. I remember the thinking going into that night was like, no way Denver uses all three of these picks. No way. (laughs) Like They'll definitely use one, maybe two, but they will definitely not use all three. And uh, they came out of it with three NBA players. Yeah. And and Peter Cornelly, which, which, yeah. <laughs> but then of course the number one draft. It's probably the number one draft of the entire decade of any any team, any GM. 2014. You pick up Gary Harris. You pick up Yusuf Nurkic, and you get Nikola Jokic at 41. So anytime you can get Jokic, 
the best player taking in the second round of the last decade. I, I mean, I, I don't know who he'd be contending with, but that's good pretty one, yeah. pretty damn good. You got a top 10 player in the second round. And oh, by the way, your other two picks were really, really freaking good too. Nurkic, who's like a top yeah. six or seven center in the NBA. Gary Harris, who's had some great moments. And, you know, it, fantastic for where – even the Gary Harris we have now, relative to where he was drafted, great, great pick. That was That's fantastic. Dude, I mean, also oh, – good. Well, I mean, yeah, like how everything shook out from that moment, you know, it, it wasn't all ideal. But they flipped Doug McDermott into <laughs> Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic. Like that's a, that's a move. That's, that's, what, a, that's that winning the, the trade. Ultimate, the mm-hmm. ultimate judgment is, yes, Doug McDermott turned into Gary Harris and Yusuf Nurkic. People <laughs> were so pissed about that trade when it happened. Nuggets well, fans are so pissed. Like, dude, we had Doug McDermott? Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to forever. Oh, yeah, he was going to be Dougie McNugget. Doug McDermott actually yeah, has, has uh, matured into a, a nice little role player, but yeah. it was not well received at the time. No. That's for sure. He did you know single-handedly beat us one game, and I where I questioned whether or not we'd lost that trip. That trip. <laughs> the funny thing, man, that the Nuggets just get OG Ananobi in that draft. He goes one spot ahead of where they were picking for Tyler. If they do that, Tim Conley literally has nothing but great drafts other than the Moutier draft. Like that, he would have that one, which was one of his first. Then he would have had like five of the best ten drafts of any team of the last decade. Mm-hmm. It would have been incredible. Moral of the story: Plan B's important. Probably okay. good to develop yeah. them going yeah. forward. Well, that seems like plan. That was like plan C, right? I mean, I don't know, man. Going from let's trade back to OG to oh shit, what do we do? Just take Tyler Lydon. Like, I don't well, think there was. A, I don't think it's there was a backup. Or, 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 no, they wanted. Uh, they wanted. Um, they, they wanted to Ananobi. They wanted OG. I know, but they wanted Trey Lyles for Rebadly for some reason. They like really liked him the year before, and so they figured that they, they could get both. It was going to be such a coup that they could get Trey Lyles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though. If the Nuggets just had Ananobi right now on top of all the other players they have, it'd be like, oh, my God. Nuggets might have won this year in the bubble. Then, <laughs> uh, on it's so close. Everything is so close. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. This was a fun one. I thought it informative and, and lots of fun discussion as well. Look forward to it. Tomorrow marks one week until the NBA draft. Things are heating up, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> See everybody next the time. There. See ya. Dude. Get some cardboard. Some cardboard. Go fund me. Cardboard. So we've had a lot of people in the DNVR community make the switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group for a couple of reasons. First of all, they're great at what they do. They're a family-owned business. They're Denver people, just like us. They're located out in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Some of them have also made the switch because, you know, you pick up that free Sonic Air toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. But everybody that we've heard from that goes to Green Mountain Dental Group and is also a member of the DNVR community, they've all had a great experience. We want to hear from you. Reach out and let us know how great their experience was. If you got friends who just moved to town, I had a friend who recently moved to town, didn't know what dentist to go to. Didn't want to go to, you know, one of those just chop shop dentists that are all over the Denver area. Send them to Green Mountain Dental Group. It's a great place to get dental work done. They know what they're doing. And when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush today. 